following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations. Now Brad Underwood says let's go. Frazier dribbles, backs away with three, going to have to shoot it with two, a long, long three. Oh, he got it! He got it! And that's going to end the half and listen to the roar! Fighting a Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look and in-depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Behind the back dribble, black, bank shot, go! <laughs> and they say the big guys oh, can't goodness. dribble, right? How did he do that? <laughs> Jordan on the right wing, right corner, Finky puts it on the deck, drives in, oh! and slams it in! <laughs> Finky slams it in! Here's the Kenny there battle drive! Exactly! <laughs> Now from courtside at the State Farm Center on the campus of the University of Illinois, here's your host, Scott Beatty. And good afternoon. Welcome to Fighting Illini Game Day. I'm Michael Kaiser in for, in for Scott Beatty today. Lauren Tate alongside getting you ready for round two between the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Fighting Illini. Of course, Nebraska won the first matchup 64-63 with James Palmer Jr.'s three just before the horn to break the hearts of the Illini. Nebraska having a great season uh, unexpectedly. 11-4 in the Big Ten, 20-8 overall with the Illini, 12-15, 2-12 in Big Ten play. Lauren, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon already? <laughs> yes, it is afternoon already. <laughs> it's early afternoon. Or very early afternoon. Well, the Illini had a chance to win that game thanks in large part to a four-point play down the stretch against Nebraska. Yep. Thought they had a chance to win that one, just couldn't get the stop at the end over at Lincoln. That uh, was a hard shot that Palmer made, too. I mean, it was ducking in and, and really a difficult attempt. And, of course, it was a three-pointer, which meant that it was, it was for the win or the loss, and it went in somehow. Yeah, he got around, uh, I mean, T. John Lucas, or Trent, I think Trent Frazier actually got around him just enough. It was kind of a running shot from the left wing. And as soon as he let it go, we just we all had that feeling. We kind of knew how that was going to go. Well, I didn't. I didn't think he'd make it. I didn't th <laughs> you don't make that shot. I, I mean, know. that's one of the toughest shots in the Big Ten play uh, this season. And it went in. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe we were, maybe we were, maybe we were jinxed. The uh, a running shot is one of the toughest shots to make because it's just it's, you're just off balance. But uh, he had a great game. He's really had a James Palmer Jr. has had a great season, great season. since he really then. Has. Averaging about 18 points a game, but it's been around 20-something in Big Ten play. How good would Miami be if he stayed there? Uh, I think Miami and uh, be doing They're pretty well. They're pretty good. Yeah, they'd be doing a lot better. I think Jim Laranega would love to have him back down in uh, Miami. This is the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. See the folks at Rudy Wealth Management for all your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois retirement specialist. Well, it looks like most likely, uh, just from what we heard yesterday from Brad Underwood, that uh, Michael Finke, we haven't heard today, unless you've heard different in the last few minutes, uh, that he's probably not going to play today. Well, it would be unlikely that you would play after not practicing for several days and, and being under that protocol for, I would think that um, there's no chance that he's going to play. Yeah, he's got to go through a workout and to see how he reacts to that workout, and he was not going to practice yesterday. Uh, DeMonte Williams, on the other hand, was practicing yesterday with the hyperextended knee he suffered, I believe, on Monday. Uh, so we'll see if he goes or not. Uh, if he still can't go, then the Alana will be short two guys once again. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't help, that's for sure. Uh, the, the one thing I will say about Nebraska is that they don't exactly 
kill you on the post. They don't have a post game, you know, which, which you'd like to have uh, the size of Finky to counteract that. This is a team that it seems to me that, that they shoot a lot of jumpers. They're shooting 35% on threes. They've got uh, Watson at the guard, who's, who's been a solid player for them for this now the, the third year. And they've got a bunch of transfers. And by the way, the guy that's been playing good lately is, is, a, is a guy that's been there, Roby. He's, yes. he's lanky, and he's, he can jump, and he's had some really interesting games lately. He went. I'm just going to rattle it off for the last seven games. He scored two, then eight, then 17, then zero, then 19. Went from zero to 19, then 10, then 11. More consistent the last couple games. Yeah, he has been, <laughs> and then they've won six in a row. Yeah, they're they're really on a roll, and it's just not a, it's not a team that anybody thought would be this good this year. You never know how transfers are going to work out. That's the thing with transfers. Uh, some teams get lucky with them, and others don't. But uh, Tim Miles, I thought personally he was going to get fired after last season. Uh, he didn't because of the football issues that the Nebraska was dealing with, and uh, he solidified his job for a while now with this kind of season. If they, I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. It's just the resume. They got eleven wins. But the resume isn't that strong. But I can't see them not being in the tournament with 11 conference wins, despite the Big Ten being down. Well, everything points to the fact they won't be in. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, when Onardi and the other people tell you that they're not in, you got to take them seriously. And they play their final game against Penn State. I don't like. I mean, I don't like their chance against Penn State, even though that game is home. And they also play Indiana. Uh, it's very unusual. Let's put it that way for a team to win this many games in the Big Ten and not get in, assuming that they can win at least two of the last three, let's say. But the thing is, the Big Ten is really down this year. Uh, and only we've seen some upsets in the last few days, but basically what the, the Big Ten did in the, in the early part of the season really uh, ruined them in terms of their RPI. Let's take a timeout in the Fighting Illini game day. More coverage of Illinois-Nebraska coming up next. Lauren Tate, Michael Kaiser with you courtside here at State Farm Center. Stay with us. We get ready for a team that's fighting for their life, uh, fighting for their NCAA tournament life. They've got uh, a kid that's probably playing as well as anybody in the league. And Palmer, uh, he hit the shot against us to, to beat us there and, and has really kind of just taken off. I think he's one of the outstanding wing players in our league. And uh, they're, they're an experienced basketball team. And Watson at the point, and, and uh, they go right on down the line. And, and with uh, with Jordy back in the middle, he didn't play in the first game. Uh, he's uh, been been very effective in the last six, averaging nine points, five six rebounds. Uh, so that helps him on the glass. Uh, but uh, very good Nebraska team. Back to Fighting Illini on game day. Michael Kaiser, Lauren Tate with you. Courtside at State Farm Center, Nebraska and Illinois tipping up at 2.30 this afternoon. Nebraska 20-8 on the season, 11-4 in the Big Ten. The Illini just 12-15 and 2-12 and in the Big Ten. Just talk about before the break, Nebraska doesn't have a lot of marquee wins on their schedule. Could hurt them come NCAA tournament time, including a loss to Michigan State 86-57 earlier this year. Well, Brad Underwood just talking about there. Nebraska has several guys that can really hurt Illinois. And one of the you know, a couple guys that hurt him in, in the game on Lincoln back last month, uh, Evan Taylor had 13 against the Illini in that matchup, along with Palmer's uh, 24. Yeah, Taylor's a transfer from Sanford. He's been a good substitute most of the time for them. He started some games. Uh, they've got players from everywhere, and I'll just rattle them off. Copeland, who starts, is from Georgetown. Taylor's from Sanford. Palmer from Miami. Gill is from Louisville. And Okiki is from, Win uh, from uh, Winthrop. So 
that's I just listed five, I think, of their top seven players, the other two being Roby and Watson, who are from Illinois, by the way. Yeah, well, Glenn Watson uh, had a quiet game against the Illini uh, back last month, but uh, he's capable of really helping this team out and getting this team going. He uh, is, but, you know, since Palmer has kind of taken over this team in terms of scoring, He's been uh, scoring a lot less uh, in recent weeks. I mean, he's a, he's a steady scorer around 10 or so. But, the, well, the last three games he's had 10, 11, and 8. A guy that Illinois needs to get going is Trent Frazier. He's just been quiet the last couple of games after that explosion game against yep. uh, Wisconsin. Just not been able to get much going the last couple of games. He's only had six points against Penn State and did have 12 against Indiana. You know, uh, they're covering him different. They're covering uh, They're really pushing him. They're, they're, they realize he's left-handed and they're trying to push him the other way and it, it, that happens to uh, freshmen particularly and, and uh, to left-handers who aren't used to having the, the other team concentrate so heavily on Illinois is so weak in terms of scoring in the inside. The only guy that they really get, get many consistent points out are Black, and Black is very good if they can get, it, get him in a situation where he's one-on-one deep. He, he, can, he can score with his back to the basket about as good as anybody we've had in a while. Well, Ron Black's got to set up foul trouble tonight as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're going to need him to really stay on the floor if they're going to get help from Ron Black. And if he gets in foul trouble, he's not on the floor. Give trouble finding guys who are going to score points. Yeah, well, it's you just got to have one of those games that you can't explain. Let me tell you about a game you can't explain. <laughs> Northwestern scored 49 yesterday in the first half and 11 in the second half. Yeah. Now explain that. You can't. I watched that entire second half, nearly every possession, and every one of those possessions were not good. I mean, they didn't get a good look, and that was because of Michigan State's defense a lot, too. That, I you mean, bet. Yeah, Where Michigan. was the Michigan State defense in the first half? It was uh, in the stands. <laughs> I mean, because you know, Law just went crazy and had a great first half. But you're right. They didn't get many good shots. They, and in the course of the second half, their total scoring by in terms of baskets for getting free throws, their total scoring was two dunks by Pardon and a late three. That was it. Yeah. The whole half. And they missed a couple layups, and they, and they just couldn't. Well, the layups were under duress, yeah. I thought. Yeah, they, a couple of them were. But they went uh, 14 and a half minutes without a field goal. Not only did they have a long scoring, they 14 and a half minutes without a field goal. That's just not going to get it done. We'll take a time out here. Uh, Robbie Hummel, former Purdue Boilermaker, is going to join us courtside. And then we'll also have the keys to the game. That's coming up next on Fighting Illini Game Day. Welcome back to Fighting Illini Game Day. You're on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Please be joined courtside by former Purdue Boilermaker Robbie Hummel, probably enjoying from his TV set of Purdue's doing this season, but he's a busy man traveling around for ESPN and the Big Ten Network, broadcasting a lot of ga- games this year. You're in uh, Louisville last night. Uh, you're here this morning. So uh, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I- I've heard there's going to be a great crowd. And- I, I love this building. I think when it's going, it's one of the best venues in the Big Ten. So I hope that, well, first off, I hope Illinois can play well today and give them something to cheer about. But it's always good to see butts in the seats here at, well, it's not Assembly Hall anymore. It's the State Farm Center. Yeah. So. <laughs> Why did you enjoy playing here so much? Besides the fan perspective, you guys had a lot of success here, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we, we won a lot here, which obviously helps. But my, my family ties to Illinois. I mean, my grandparents live here. My dad played tennis here. So I grew up coming to games, and I always – really wanted to play here and in, in terms of playing in this venue so I, I look forward to it and I, I always enjoyed it a lot we're seeing some strange results in the Big Ten you've seen a yeah. couple of Purdue losses right. lately I mean that, that's not 
shocking, I don't think, but uh, that that Michigan State Northwestern game blew my oh, mind. Oh, I mean, I've I've never seen a second half. Explain that. Explain yeah. that stuff. I it was like they switched roles. Uh, Michigan State was horrible in the first half, and Northwestern was horrible in the second. I just you're up 27 points. It's, it's really hard to fathom what that would even feel like as a player when you've really done great things in the first half and nothing goes right in the second. Uh, I guess it's really kind of sums up how their season's gone this year. It's been really disappointing, but you're right, Lauren. It's, it's been a weird year in the Big Ten. 65 top ten teams have lost this yeah. year. Yeah, there's, there's not an elite it's, team. It's, I, I think that's, I'm going to say it's a, it's a national plague or yeah. something. I, I just think that this, there's not an elite team this year. There's been some injuries. Villanova's had some. Uh, we thought Purdue might be a team that, that could be elite like that, and they've hit the snide here, uh, losing three in a row. they got a tough one tonight against Penn State at home, so – We'll see. Even even Michigan State's considered to be an elite team, but look at what they've done. They've been inconsistent. Their de- defense hasn't been consistent in the sense that they've stopped people on night to night basis. They turn the basketball over, but at the same time, they're super talented and they're the number two team in the country. So it's a weird year. Big Ten not getting de- in depth uh, respect. Uh, tell me what you think the chances of Nebraska getting into the NCAA tournament. Eleven and four now because of the chance to go fourteen and four. Yeah, it's. It's pretty unfathomable. They could be 10 games over 500 in the league and have 23 wins and not make the NCAA tournament. But we'll see. They say they're not going to take into account any conference wins, and if that's the case, their their wins aren't great. Now, it will be interesting to see how do they look at the Minnesota win they have because when they beat them, they were the number 15 team in the country. So do they respect the fact that's a different Minnesota team, or is it the Minnesota we see today where they obviously aren't the same? So I to me, they're an NCAA tournament team in terms of how they play and the talent they have. The question is going to be, do they have an NCAA tournament resume? Well, real quick, break down this game for us today. Uh, well, f- first of all, interesting matchup because of what happened last time. Uh, you look at the way Illinois thought in January that they had really had the game won. Michael Finke hits the three and James Palmer comes back and drills really a tough runner to win the game. I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. How does Illinois match up? with all of a sudden Nebraska has great depth scoring the ball. Isaiah Roby, really his emergence to me has been so impressive because he gets better every time you see him play. He's 6'9", he handles it like a guard, he can make threes. Illinois is certainly going to have to worry about him. We'll see if Illinois continues to play small. Michael Finke not going to play. So do you put LaRon Black at the five and roll small and, and play that way? Or I guess you kind of have to because who are the other bigs on the team? Robbie Hummel, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Yep, anytime. Have a great broadcast. Yeah, appreciate you. it. Yep, see you guys. See you. Time for the keys to the game, brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank Invested, also brought to you by the Pella Window Store. Keys to the game, Lauren. Well, I'm going to go back to the same old thing. I'm just tired of watching Illinois give up layups to every team they play. They're going to have a 15-1 game, 17-1 game, 19 layups and dunks and shots within six feet in another game. I mean, that's just – and that's all recent. They're, they've got to – I know it's important that, that they've been able to get uh, force so many turnovers. That's great. But but if you're going to get backdoored all day, that's not great either. So they, they, they've just simply got to, to get on uh, to protect the basket, However, whatever it takes. Just pack it in. That along with trying to make sure you get off to a good start like you did against Indiana the other night and uh, finish the game and cannot have – the six, seven, eight-minute scoring droughts. They had a six-minute scoring drought against Indiana at the beginning of the game and a three-minute drought at the end of the game, and you just can't have those. It's been an every-game thing this season, so we'll have to see uh, what happens here this afternoon 
as the Illini take on the Cornhuskers. That's keys to the game brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com. Also brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. Stay tuned. Brian Barnhart has the coach's corner coming up next. Sat down with Illini assistant coach Chen Coleman, who had the scout for today's game. That's coming up next on Fighting Illini Game Day. We're back at the State Farm Center today. It's Illinois basketball and afternoon game. Chin Coleman has the scout for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And Chin, uh, good to see you again. I know a Sunday afternoon game here against a team that has uh, surprised a lot of people, I think, the experts with the Huskers. But, uh, boy, have they come together. They're, they're really solid right now. Yeah, they're playing together as a team. And uh, me knowing uh, Coach Miles, this is a perfect team for him. Um, I've worked with him, and, and I understand um, – what, what what teams work for him, and this is a team that is uh, skilled um, at every position, and he likes stretch fours and dirk fours is what his terminology is. Mm -hmm. So he's got a couple glorified guards playing the big spot for him, and that works for him because he's got all perimeter guys playing, and uh, the ball moves, and they know their role. They got guys that play their role, they star in their role, and they stay in their role. And, and that's been successful for them this season. They caught a hot streak pretty much after our game when they hit that brother shot to beat us. They've been on a hot streak, and they've been riding it ever since then. But uh, since we started, it's going to be our job to, to end it today. So yeah. that's our mindset. Yeah. I know uh, you can appreciate this as a coach, all the different people he brought in, the transfers. I mean, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But in this case, it has. Well, he's built it with transfers, not a huge recruiting base in uh, Nebraska, so there's not like there's a – uh, a ton of high major Big Ten players in the area, and so he's kind of went a different route in terms of building it with fifth-year guys and, and, and transfers and things of that nature, and sometimes those buttons work. You know, it hadn't worked for everybody, but sometimes those buttons do work when you get the right guy, the right fit, and the right system, and it's worked for them, and they're doing a good job with those guys. Mm -hmm. Well, a guy that's been the right fit for the right system has been Palmer. He's been uh, amazing. Yeah, he's a good player, great, good wing, and Got great size and um, averaging 20 points a game overall and in league play. So he's uh, he's caught, he caught a hot hand after us, and he's uh, he too has been riding that deal. And so we just gotta make sure that we do a better job with locating them and, and making his touches uh, hard and, and making all of his his shots contested and finding them in transition. He's doing a good job though. He's uh, he's their one guy that can deck it and get his own bucket. So. Yeah. Well, tell me who else to remind us who else to watch for. Um. Copeland is shooting the ball extremely well right now. He's a really good three-point shooter, but I think that his bread is buttered by his middle game. He's a really good free throw line extended right in, the, in between the center circle and along the baselines. He's a good jump shot shooter. Um, great rebounder for his size. Um, he's, a, he's a handful because he's 6'9", and he's a guard. So he, he likes to play out on the perimeter. So you got to pick your poison on what kind of player you want to defend him with. And so uh, I think we're going to have a good matchup for him tonight. Okay, we'll take a break. Back with Chin Coleman after this on the Coach's Corner. Visiting with Chin Coleman, he's scouting the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He used to work for Tim Miles, so he's familiar with a lot of the things that uh, that they like to work on. Uh, so it's, a lot of it is that they try to get you in matchup problems. Is that what the goal is? Well, a lot of them is rhythm. Um, you know, when they run a play, they'll probably run that play again. The next time down, they're in a, a walk-up situation or a dead ball situation. They want to play fast because they got five guys that 
can push, what I call Phoenix pushers. So you'll see Roby get a rebound, and then he'll push it, and he'll start the break. So they want to play fast, but then they also want to play to their strengths. He wants to play to his strengths, and his, the strength of his team is back uh, ball screens, ton of ball screens for Watson, getting open looks for Gill and Copeland, and letting uh, Palmer get situations where he can drive the ball with his right hand going downhill. So they got a lot of actions to get him coming downhill with his right hand. Um, and uh, Roby just kind of like filling the blanks. You know, he's averaging about almost nine points and almost eight rebounds a game, and, and he's been playing well ever since he started. So he kind of fills in the blanks, and, 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 and you know, they kind of pick your poison on, on how you're going to guard those guys. I know we played, uh, I think I remember right, we played some zone against them last time. Did that work pretty well? Is that, some, is that an option today? Or? Um, I think so. It'll be an option. It may be a change up, something we change up um, because they weren't successful with it. But they'll be better prepared for it because obviously, like us, we, we all watch a ton of film and we try to be better the next time. And I think that they'll be much better prepared for it. But they're not a great shooting team, because, but they're a good enough shooting team. And they made some big ones on us. You know, Gil got one in the corner. Number 12 got one at the top where we fouled him. Obviously, Palmer can throw one in just because he's a scorer at any given time, and obviously, Watson can. So, um, they're not heavily loving the three. They like it. They don't love it. They like the rim, and they like to get to the foul line. So, one thing that we have to do is make sure that we locate their shooters, but keep Palmer off the foul line. He's one of the league, the country's leader at getting to the foul line. So, we want to do our job early on him and guard him without fouling. Okay. And talk about their defense a little bit. What do you expect to see from them? Well, they're going to play traditional pack. They're going to try to rake the ball out. They're going to try to muddy up the paint and muck the paint up, painted area up. And then they'll, they'll live with us shooting uh, shooting threes. Uh, but this is a team that we can offensive rebound against. Obviously, that's one of our strengths. So we're going to try to hang our hat on doing what we do. But we've been playing really good in our spread uh, for some stretches over the past three games, some of our best um, possessions we've had in spread so they, they, they we know how they're going to try to guard us in our spread offense but um we we we, we know where our hot reads are and guys have just got to shoot the ball with confidence so yeah. we'll be fine there on offensive seems to me that our offense when it's working we're getting what we want and when we run into these droughts it's we're just not making the shot yeah yeah we're just not making the shots and you know we got to have guys that have a short memory you know to be a scorer to be a shooter you got to have a short memory and my motto, and I talk to these guys about it, is shoot till you hit, shoot till you miss. You only miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. I think I told AJ today, like, I don't want to look at the stat sheet at the end of the game and you, you were one for three. Like, be one for 15 yeah. or one for 20, which you're not going to be one for 15, not going to be one for 20, but you got to have that mindset of approach going into the game that I'm going to get my shots up and I'm going to live with the results. Hey, Coach, good to visit. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's uh, the assistant coach, Gene Coleman. He's got the scout on the Coach's Corner today on this Sunday. Evan Kahn back in the game day studios. That's going to do it for the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Scotty's Brewhouse and Hickory Point Bank. Only one other Big Ten game going on right now. Michigan over Ohio State, 42-36, to with about 14 minutes to go in the first half. Illinois baseball getting underway today. They're up 4-2 over South Dakota State in the top of the ninth right now. And that is going to do it for this. There's more Fighting Illini game day coming up in a moment with Brian Barnhart and Dion Thomas. Make sure to tune in for the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with Michael Kaiser and Matt McCumber. 
You are listening to News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Let's send it now to the State Farm Center and Brian Barnhart and Dion Thomas. 